Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Wednesday, September 22nd. Today on the show, we've got your golden nuggets from the guys over at Club and Country about Nashville SC. As we head into a big Wednesday match, we will discuss the Tennessee Volunteers starting quarterback situation, but we begin by visiting with Zach Lyons of the Football and Other F-Words podcast from Broadway Sports Media, talking about expectations for this Titans team over the next three weeks. To all of you out there who are even contemplating, even thinking about doing some work on your home, a major remodel, a custom build, whatever it may be, it's a long process. It takes a lot of time, a lot of thought, and you need to be talking to people well in advance before you make these decisions to get all of your information lined up to make sure you know your budget, your timeline, your plan, and your strategy. This is where the Kingston Group comes in. BuildKG.com is the website. I bet you if you talk to them, you may not even use them. It may not be the right fit for you, but you will get something out of the conversation because they will help you with your process because that is what they do better than anybody else. They're locally owned and award-winning for a reason because of their process. Go to buildkg.com and check out their work and give them a call. The Kingston Group. Zach Lyons from the Football and Other F-Words joining us here on the 440. Zach, always a pleasure, my friend. Good to see you. We'll get to what's going on on your podcast in just a second. Coming out of the Seahawks game, where do you fall sort of mentally when you st- when you study the first two games? Is it seven quarters of just largely inept football, or is it more the culture and identity of this football team led to a victory that that puts them at one and one now and sets them up for this next stretch of games? What, what side of that coin do you fall on? I, I fall onto the latter. So I, I, in my opinion, Mike Vrabel had one of his worst in-game coaching decision days on Saturday I thought that he should have called a timeout and instead of and let the or shouldn't have called a timeout let the clock run out I thought there were plays that he should have challenged I thought their fourth and one choice to go for it was good but the play call was horrendous I thought that the choice to not go it on a fourth and short and try to kick again was horrendous a lot of things that I hated about his in-game strategy or his in-game decision making on the sidelines but you saw it in the post game locker room speech this is a team that loves Mike Vrabel this is a team that believes in the culture that believes in the message and believes that that second half is who they are and that's what I believe I I ultimately I give him an f for in-game management but an a plus for whatever he does on the sidelines and in the locker room all week a big to-do was made about him saying that Julio Jones dumb shit shouldn't do dumb shit in the games that cost us games which is an overall general message that I think every coach has for every player across the National Football League. Now, everybody else in local media will tell you that he said, F Julio, F, 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 bleep, 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 and make this big thing when all he said was dumb shit. Like, I don't, I don't get what they're doing. I mean, I get it from like a media standpoint of what they're doing. You need clicks. Exactly. Yeah, need clicks. right. I know. And, but in the <laughs> end, the anomaly to me is the seven other quarters of play or the the six other quarters of play that we saw at the beginning of the year. And I think that what you saw is a team that no matter what does not lose faith in the message and in the plan. And that is credit to Mike Vrabel. He is the player's coach that they believe in. And to me, what you saw in the second half is what this team wants to do and will be going forward. 
Well, and I and I said last week on the show, I, I thought they were going to play very well because traditionally under Mike Vrabel with their backs right. against the wall in big regular season settings, they tend to come out and play well, which is sort of what made that first half so surprising. Also, Russell Wilson's very good at football. And so like there's that to consider as well. Now you've got three games. There's some signs of some improvement with the pass rush and even on third down defense, but it's just two games. We've got three games here against really bad teams 0 and 6 does it does this team need to be 4 and 1 for you to feel good about that Super Bowl aspiration yeah i mean but if they went 2 and 1 i, I wouldn't be too surprised just because it's kind of what this team does this is like in its genetic code that they drop a stinker to a team that they shouldn't lose to and maybe that team was the cardinals maybe they got out of their system early but the cardinals look pretty good contrary to what i really thought was going to happen on our show, the show a couple of weeks ago. However, I, I think this team does go three and O through this stretch. And I, and I think they're going to do it in dominant fashion. Um, a lot of people are pointing to the defense and the points per game allowed so far that they rank near the bottom or whatever. And this is not a super bowl defense because of what they've allowed so far, which is a, roughly 30 points per game. Well, Tampa Bay's has allowed 27 points per game so far this season. Are people writing them off for uh, that? They don't have a super bowl defense. I mean, come on. It's early in the year, and this is a get-right stretch for this defense and this offense that also still had issues at offensive line, especially in the interior with the tight ends blocking and with A.J. Brown yips, which, by the way, bet all your money on A.J. Brown this weekend. But I, I think what you've seen from the Colts, from the Jets and the Jaguars, should give credence to that if this is a Super Bowl serious team, they should go 3-0. and whether it's Carson Wentz with two sprained ankles or Jacob Eason, doesn't even matter what he has because he's not very good. This team should go in and match up well with all three teams because Carson Wentz's stat line looks okay. But if you watch the game, he got really lucky on two deep passes that shouldn't have really happened. Now, this team has to bounce back and keep the momentum going. They, they can't do this thing where they have this momentum. They created this momentum right in the second half. And then do 20 to 17 versus the Colts. You need to dominate, keep your foot on the pedal and dominate these next three teams. And you need to win by, you know, 10 to 13 points or more and not win a close game on either of these three teams. What do you guys got coming up on the F words pod this week, bud? So we basically spend all time talking about the overtime game. I mean, we break it down. We talk about Ryan Tannehill's the most quiet 357-yard performance you'll ever you'll ever not hear about. And then we talk about what we've seen from Todd Downing and Shane Bowen and how they built upon their abysmal game and really rebounded from a from a coaching standpoint. There you go. Check it out from Broadway Sports Media, football and other efforts podcast. You and Lebowski doing that every single week out on Tuesday. Zach, always a pleasure, man. Good to talk to you, bud. Hey, thanks. I know I sound like a broken record on this particular topic, but the Tennessee Volunteers listing Joe Milton as their starting quarterback on their depth chart this week just continues to baffle me. Unless he has figured out how to not throw the football a thousand miles an hour or how to create touch on deep passes, I, I just don't understand why he would be the starting quarterback for this offense. Hendon Hooker has clearly allowed the offense to go smoother, run smoother, and he, he is a more accurate passer and is a more dynamic runner. I'm, I just don't understand it. I, I, I think he should be the starting quarterback for this team. I, it, Josh Heupel, it feels like and sounds like, is going to go with Joe Milton against Florida if he's healthy. I, I just don't get it. I don't get it, folks. I know I'm a broken record. Joe Milton is what he is. All the respect in the world to his talent, 
it, it just isn't there. Hendon Hooker is the guy for my money, and I'm just not sure I understand what the staff thinks they're going to do with Joe Milton. F- fix all of his problems in a matter of a week and a half and uh, coming off of an injury on the road against the Gators in the swamp? I, I just I just don't understand it. Um, maybe, he, maybe he changes his mind as the week goes along. I, I, I just don't get it. I don't get it, folks. Nashville SC is back on the pitch tonight for a midweek match against expansion rival Inter-Miami down in South Florida. Kickoff is at 6.30 p.m. It is a critical match for two reasons. One, they need to rebound from what was arguably the worst loss of the season last weekend, but also they need to erase the awful memories from the last time the club was down in Miami when they choked away a second-half lead and three points in stoppage time. Needless to say, the boys in gold need a positive showing in this midweek outing. Which brings us to our golden nuggets for this week. And the guys, Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan of the Club and Country podcast, out every single Tuesday, take a look at this team's struggles against set pieces. Set piece goals now account for 35% of the goals that Nashville SC has allowed this year. That is now the highest percentage in Major League Soccer. And here's what it means. Nashville's now dropped 11 points thanks to set-piece goals it has conceded. So right or wrong, it's something for which this club is being known, I think. And uh, I'm, just, I'm wondering if that should be a major part of the discussion when people talk about this club or whether we're falling victim to recency bias because four of those concessions have happened in the last nine matches and the disproportionate percentage of set-piece goals scored by what is otherwise one of the best defenses in Major League Soccer. Yeah, I mean, I think the concept of this unit is borderline historically good, except for one aspect that that really only becomes relevant when the best set piece player in the league is, is out of the lineup. Yes, that is something that is a storyline, but at the same time, it is such a it, it requires such a specific set of circumstances to really bite Nashville frequently. Now, you obviously can't guarantee that Walker Zimmerman is going to be healthy for the rest of the year. And as we saw Saturday night, his presence in the lineup does not guarantee Nashville a uh, managing to keep a clean sheet on set pieces but when he plays things are a lot better so uh, it is definitely something that you want to keep in mind is it is it the worst thing that could be a characteristic of this team I think we, we saw we saw last year that maybe not scoring enough goals is is something that can also happen and that team was not second in the Eastern Conference so I think this is a, a much better chink in the armor to have that was Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan of the Club and Country Pod make sure you are subscribed to that They do a killer job covering Nashville SC soccer out every Tuesday. Tonight's critical match with Miami begins at 6.30. We are, of course, brought to you by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. You know what they're all about. They're all about trust. They're all about craftsmanship. They're all about the process. And they're all about making sure you have all of the information before you make any big decisions about your home. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm, that's the Kingston Group. They are award-winning for a reason. BuildKG.com is the website. One last thing here on the show before we send you on your merry way. Happy first birthday to 440 Sports. We launched on September 22nd, 2020. I had no clue what to expect and have been blown away by the response by all of you who listen to this show and all the other great shows on the platform, Club and Country, Gold Standard, Fringe Element, Lamestream Sports, all the great Titans podcasts from Broadway Sports Media and Vandy Sports as well. I am eternally grateful for all of your support. I still believe in the mission that there is space for conversational, thoughtful, authentic sports content about the things we care deeply about uh, delivered right to your phone where you get to choose what you care about and what you listen to. And I still believe in that mission. And after a full year, I believe in it even more. So happy first birthday to 440 Sports. And thank you 
to all of you who have made it possible that we even have all this stuff to begin with. So thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our great sponsors, of course, the Kingston Group and Four Top Hospitality, the great folks over at Jasper's. Please share the show. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, September 22nd. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.